0: This is a very, very special episode. I think it's as special as any one we've done, perhaps since the first one. This is our 200th episode. Isn't that amazing, Zachary? It definitely is. It's been a long time. It's been uh, less than four years, almost four years since we started in uh, July, I think it was, of 2018. That's correct. And uh, here we are in June of 2022, so not quite four years, and we've done 200 episodes, so we've averaged more than 50 episodes a year, almost one a week. Um, And uh, my gosh, the world has changed so much when we started this episode. uh, Oh, actually, I should say when we started this podcast, um, you know, we were in the midst of the Trump presidency, and here we are, we're reaching the midterm of the Joe Biden presidency. Mm -hmm. Uh, when we started this podcast, um, the idea of war in Ukraine seemed uh, unlikely, in the all global
1: pandemic people. seemed yeah. far fetched.
0: That's right; we we had no worries about sitting next to people and coughing on people and mm-hmm. riding on airplanes without masks. Uh, so much, so much has changed. It's uh, it's extraordinary. Uh, what stands out for you, Zachary? Before we get to your poem, what stands out for you?
1: I think what stands out for me is is just the incredible guests that we've talked to. I mean, we've had uh, such an opportunity to to cover the history and the the policy, the the deep thinking behind many of the current events of our day, stretching all the way back to summer of two thousand eighteen, uh, and we've we've gotten to do it with so many very special people. Um, and, and I think that's been, for me at least, uh, the most rewarding part has been to meet all of these interesting scholars, but also to, to, to interact with that content, to interact with this material as the events being described are unfolding around us. Um, and also, in these past four years or so, getting to see how each of those events, each of those uh, analyses builds on each other, Yeah, right? Yeah. We, we've actually found ourselves coming back to the same topics, but it seems completely different in 2022 than it did in 2018.
0: That's right, the same topic from 2018 and 2022 doesn't seem repetitive at all because the issues have changed, the context has changed. Uh, We've done multiple episodes, for example, on race and multiple episodes on uh, issues of gender equality, multiple episodes on war and peace, and and, uh, the topics change radically. And as you say, build on one another from one time uh, to another. I've particularly enjoyed Zachary, um, also uh, connecting your poems with the topics because i think your poems bring first of all a a young person's voice to the topic Uh, we often have older guests and you're uh, you're bringing a young person's voice you're bringing a new perspective and i think your poems often um, encourage and inspire our guests and maybe our listeners to think about the topics in new ways and so the connection between your poem and then the expert who we have on each week. I think that's really uh, exciting to watch that that mixture and that change occur before our eyes. Uh, on that note, I think you have a poem for our 200th episode, yes? I certainly do. Uh, did, was, this, was this a special poem for you to write to?
1: Uh, it was in some ways because it's been about uh, not just our time here on this is democracy, but also uh, my relationship with you and and our our sort of wonderful experience of, of growth and 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 fun that we've had these past four years. But I think it's also how I'm trying to understand what the world is today and 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 how four years later, when we set out f- with this podcast to change the world, uh, the world the world still seems to not quite have listened. Uh, to what we to what we've said, and 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 I, I think I think maybe the world would would do well to to listen to more of what we say. Uh, but At least to more think, of what I say. <laughs> I also think this poem is about me trying to come to terms with the fact that that maybe they never will. Well, I think um,
0: the world has changed, but uh, the curse of a time of change times of change is that uh, that things don't change as you wish in Certainly. all cases. Um, before you read your poems, Zachary, one a few words on um, how you write your poems. People often ask how. How do you write them?
1: Well, it's definitely been a process. Um, I like to say that this is my least favorite and favorite way to write a poem because it is, is very painful uh, to have to write to a specific topic uh, every week to have to conform my words to a topic that often seems uh, either taken too closely out of the headlines to be something that can be made literary or, or something that is that is so personal that it's difficult to put on on paper, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's also a wonderful writing exercise, and it forces me every week to sit down and write, even when I am extremely busy or or, or thinking of something completely different. And it forces me to not just think about what I'm writing about, but how I'm writing it. Right. Um, and I've definitely experimented with a, a, a wonderful array of, of different forms and and, and different styles, and, and hopefully I, I, I've shown some consistency, some consistency throughout, but it's also given me the chance to try so many different things at the same time.
0: Uh, well, and I enjoy our conversations, though sometimes we have disagreements about mm. your poems, but in general, I enjoy our conversations, even when we have our disagreements. It's interesting to talk through the purpose of the podcast as we're planning it, and your poetic perspective on that. Um, all right, well, let's hear your poem. What's the title?
1: I'd like to think you've seen the world with me. Well, I'd like to think that too. Let's hear it. I'd like to think you've seen the world with me In little snippets from across the globe We've seen what weighs us down Oh, to be free We talk still when the world's a burning tree Burning so lovely on the ocean robe I'd like to think you've seen the world with me Dream which calls the immigrant from the key, Dream which nibbles ever at our earlobe. We've seen what weighs us down. Oh, to be free. It lives, its memory a desperate plea. It lives, flashing at us like a bright strobe. I'd like to think you've seen the world with me. We live, one carrot at a time, one pea. We gather our sorrows, scrub them with soap. We've seen what weighs us down. Oh, to be free. Whisper hopeful things in times without peace. Keep moving, keep going, pulling the rope. I'd like to think you've seen the world with me. We've seen what weighs us down. Oh, to be free.
0: Oh, to be free. Oh, to be free of so many of the troubles of our world. What's your poem about?
1: My poem is really about uh, I, I as I said earlier I think it's it's me trying to come to terms with the fact that our world is not as it should be and sometimes we have to buckle down and live one carrot at a time one pea and I think that at the same time we have to recognize that that dream that dream of of, of a democratic society is still alive um, and it's it's still somewhere out there uh, in the mist. Uh, for us to try and uh, obtain. And I think that at the end of the day, uh, we have to recognize that maybe we're never going to reach it, uh, but that it's still a, a goal worth reaching for. And at the very least, it's, it's as cliche as it sounds, it's it's the journey that counts.
0: Right. And as with any um, high-minded and worthwhile aspiration, it's the striving that matters, not necessarily Certainly. just the outcome.
1: Right, right. and And, and I think that, is, at least in our history, what has redeemed us, is that there is, uh, as as complex, as conflicted as our society is, there is always this, this striving for something better, and it's not always universal, and it's not always in every part of our society, mm-hmm. uh, but I think we are still striving for that uh, at, at any point.
0: So, so what have we learned, do you think, over 200 episodes now uh, from... Uh, Our different guests and poems and discussions uh, and the reactions that we get from people by email and in other forms. Uh, What have we learned about our country and our democracy?
1: It's a good question. I I mean, I think personally, I've learned how broken our country is, right? I mean, there have been so many episodes where you come back almost in tears at the kind of horrors or or violence, or, or mistakes that we hear described. But at the same time, I think we've also begun to recognize um, that the people in our country uh, are more powerful than the institutions around them, mm-hmm. right? I think this is a conclusion that you and I both came to when we were discussing yesterday what we wanted to talk about in this episode, and that is that perhaps uh, what we need to listen more to in this country is not the talking heads uh, or the people who represent institutions, but the ordinary people. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've learned throughout this podcast is that the power of listening to others, of of hearing expertise, but also of 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 coming to terms with our own experiences, has real value in a democracy. And that is the basis of our democracy. And I think the current events of the past four years have shown us that even when institutions fail, even when leaders fail, uh, the part of our democracy that isn't broken is is that part which is the individual listening to another right as cliche as it sounds
0: no i I don't think that's cliche at all i think it's a very important point and i do think um you started in a in a way that i fully agree with i think we've learned about many of the seen and unseen problems in our democracy whether we're talking about um unfairness towards certain groups uh problems with the criminal justice system uh voting uh representation uh, the way so many of the decisions about the allocations of resources and power in our society are made don't match, not just with our democratic ideals, but even with uh, the claims, the basic claims we make about our, our society. Uh, all of that said, and we've explored that deeply... Uh, I've also been struck, and I think you hinted at this, uh, by the enormous energy and creativity of so many people we've brought on. And there is a kind of uh, Tocquevillian element to this. Alexis de Tocqueville, who came to the United States in the 1830s, was was struck by all the problems uh, American democracy had, but also all the creative things different groups of people were doing. He called them associations, uh, the ways in which different kinds of groups of people were coming together to address issues, to represent one another, to demand change, and often to make change even when their elected leaders wouldn't do it. And he drew a very strong contrast between that form of uh, social and political behavior, the mores, as he called them, of the United States, and those of his own country, France, where associations, uh, free groups, uh organizations of individuals at the local level addressing issues in creative ways. Those were largely non-existent and largely illegal, uh, whereas they proliferated in the U.S. And I think they proliferate now as much as ever. We've seen so many of these groups. Now, some of these groups are also doing bad things. The Proud Boys and these other horrible fascist white supremacist groups, which we've talked about with some of our guests, uh, they take advantage of the freedom of association and they take advantage, as we've talked about on the podcast, of technology to mobilize people. But what I think we've seen also is there is at least as much, if not more energy, uh, among creative people trying to do good things, trying to address transgender rights, trying to address economic fairness, trying to address religious freedom, safety from... Uh, excessive gun violence in our society uh, there's so many groups doing these things and uh, it's almost as if we have a proliferation of the good and the bad in our society today and I think our podcast to some extent has captured that which of course is one of the foundations of democratic thinking in the US the term Madison uses right pluralism right I think the pluralism of our society is alive and well the problem is that pluralism goes in both directions good and bad uh, ex- uh, inclusive and exclusive Uh, And I think one of the things we have to think about is how do we accentuate the positive pluralism and um, diminish lots of the negative elements of pluralism in our society. Do you you think podcasting helps with that, Zachary? Do you think this has been a worthwhile project? I mean, we went into this project because we were interested in the topics and we wanted to do this. It was your idea, actually, at first. Uh, But I think we also hoped that it would have a positive effect, that this was a kind of form of activism. What do you think? Have we succeeded so far?
1: I, I think we've I think the the incredible opportunity of the podcast platform is that it is exactly what I was saying before about conversations. It is about actually sitting down or or, or running or or working out or or driving to work while listening to another human being. And it's not confrontational. You're forced to just listen not respond, not provoke, not be provoked. You're forced to actually listen to what the other person has to say. And I think that is really powerful. I think it helps bring out the things that we agree on. Uh, and, And in some ways, I think finding what we agree on is pushing us towards that positive pluralism. But at the same time, I think that the danger of the podcast medium, which we've seen in the past few years, is that it can also lead to a disregard uh, for the importance of, of facts and and a shared truth. And at the end of the day, I think that, that what our podcast has shown is that what any good uh, effort to address uh, democratic issues in our society needs is to start from a basic platform of truth and to start with the history, with the facts that matter. And I think when we started this podcast uh, a lot of our assumptions were that people would 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 know some of the facts, right that we were we were we were taking the history that's taught in the classroom and bringing it into the present. But in some ways, we need to bring the history in the classroom into the present. We need people who are thinking about issues today to actually think about the history and the facts that matter and to start at that point.
0: I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think one of the achievements of our podcast has been to create civil conversations with people from very different points of view, some of whom disagree with us. We've had many guests on who you and I have disagreed with, but we don't yell at each other on this podcast. We ask uh, open-ended questions and we seek fact-based answers and opinions that build upon facts. Uh, And we do that by looking to the past to understand what's happened before we advocate for positions today. And I think that emphasis upon fact and civil conversation, but but fact-based conversation and conversation that's not bullshit, but that's uh, authentic, and that reflects uh, the thinking and research and activities and experience of the speaker, I think that's so crucial. Uh, it, it's both the civilizing and, I think, fact elements of the conversation that make, make such a difference. And we've also chosen guests who we think really want to talk rather than just pontificate. I, I think we have learned more clearly that there's a very big difference between having a conversation and simply uh, pontificating about a position. And we're not about pontification on this podcast. And I think we've succeeded in showing that we can have serial conversations with people from the right and the left. Uh, we've had people like Will Hurd on who's a Republican and we've had uh, people very far to the left like Samantha Power on our podcast. So we've gone you know, in all, in all directions and, and many in between. Um, but what's been your favorite part,
1: Zachary? Well, I I think my favorite part, as I said earlier, has been the guests for sure, but I've, I've also really loved, um, I really loved getting to sort of tour, uh, the world as I sort of mentioned in my poem with you, getting to 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 see and 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 speak with and and comprehend the 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 scholarship of people around the world. We've we've spoken with people in Ecuador, uh, in Germany, in Australia. We've we've spoken with people around the world. We've really gotten a world tour. Uh, in in both a, a a geographic sense, but also in terms of in terms of thought and 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 political uh, adherence. And I think for me at least it's it's shown me that even in in some of the parts of our society, the institutions that we are most cynical about, there are still good people, right? There are still people who are willing to have that conversation, who are willing to start from the basis of fact. And we've talked to people who are both inside institutions, uh, working outside of institutions to hold them accountable, and we've spoken with people who uh, actively assert that we need new institutions or that we need fewer institutions. And I think what, what our podcast has shown is that at the end of the day, it's really those people who matter and not necessarily the institutional or legal structures that are supposed to to uphold the principles they're speaking about,
0: right? It's all about people. I think that's right, uh, and that's fundamentally what democracy is. It's not a set of institutions or rules; it's a set of behaviors. Back to the talk thats what what he noted. Um, and I think one of the uh, challenges for us going forward in our next 200 episodes is not only capturing and showcasing that, as you called it, positive conversational energy, that uh, experimental desire to address real problems, that commitment to uh, change, pragmatic, well-informed change, I think the challenge is building on that and finding ways to channel that into our politics. So it's not just in our ears, but actually in our society in wider ways, Uh, turning, I think, what we've seen so much of the positive energy in our podcast discussions coming from our guests and turning that energy into something more than conversation, but into the actual day-to-day politics of our society, which are dominated not by these conversations, but instead by the name-calling, the hate, the anger, the uh, separation, the dividing, the extremism, somehow bringing these productive conversations, these thoughtful conversations, these uh, pragmatic ideas, bringing them into our politics. And and I think we have to explore how the podcast can do a better job,
1: our podcast and others, in,
0: in, in helping to leverage these right. discussions for change.
1: And I think on that note, too, we need to make sure that we're not just hearing from the same old voices. I think particularly uh, in in an age of isolation and, and uh, really sort of tribalism, we've gotten a little too stuck in uh, some of the same people, the same ideas, the same the same uh, politics, and I think that part of the responsibility that we're going to have moving forward is not just hearing from the voices uh, that are already heard in a longer format and and getting to actually ask them real questions, but also hearing from voices that aren't heard and doing our own sort of uh in investigation, if you will, our, our own sort of fact-finding mission, right? Finding people who are really on the ground. And I think we have a real opportunity to do that with this global network we've built over the past four years or so. And I think that with that, we need to make sure that we have uh, not just guests from different institutions with different backgrounds, uh, but also we need we need more diversity, right? I, I agree. If I we're agree. honest with ourselves, we haven't we haven't managed to have as many young people as we liked, as mm-hmm. many people of color, mm-hmm. um, as many women. And I, I think that at the end of the day, that needs to be at the core of what we do.
0: I agree. I think uh, we've had, I think, around 150 guests on 200 episodes. So we've covered a wide range of areas. We've covered people who are studying all kinds of topics uh, and from all kinds of regions of the world. And we have had a fair amount of gender and racial diversity. But um There are still many viewpoints, many important viewpoints, fact-based viewpoints that we have not brought in, and there are some viewpoints that have been heard much more than others. And I don't think that's as much a bias on our part as it is uh, a tendency to uh, draw on people who are already part of one's network. And so I think we need to think about ways of uh, widening and further diversifying. And I mean diversity, not just in terms of how people look and just backgrounds, I mean points of view. Uh, Everyone that we bring on this show should be authentic. They should be talking about what they really believe in rather than pontificating. And they should be um, doing and talking about what they do based on knowledge, real knowledge. Uh, so we don't want to just represent points of view for the sake of representing
1: points of view. Right. And, and we want your ideas, too. So yes. if you have if you have ideas, uh, not just for guests, but for topics, if there's something you feel like we've missed, uh, please send those in by all means. Right. You can uh, from our website, of course, you can find our email addresses.
0: The easiest way is just to email me at suri at utexas.com. Uh, at austin Austin, Austin, (laughs) suri suri at austin.utexas.edu uh and uh and the website uh has my email address and other uh, contact information so feel free to send us uh your suggestions um zachary what do you think the poetry adds it's it's the signature element of our podcast in addition to the quality of the conversation in addition to the quality and range of the guests and the democracy-focused questions and the historical perspective. I think uh, the poetry is what stands out when I talk to people about the podcast, that's often the first thing
1: they say. Uh, what do you think it adds? I think it adds, as we were saying earlier, that personal element, right? It brings it back to the the people who are experiencing the topic at hand, the people, the emotions, the, 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 the personal, the feelings, the, the ethereal nature of the topic and it forces us to look at um, whatever the topic of the week is uh, from the perspective of the people who are actually experiencing it. And it takes us outside of the institution. It takes us outside of the scholarship and forces us to really consider seriously what it is like to be in that kind of situation, right? Whether it was talking about death row last week, um, or or COVID or or economic crises or or, or Ukraine or, or Ukraine, right? It I think that at least for me, what the what the poetry has done is it's forced me to, to to try and think about what it is like to be in that other perspective, and it's not about it can't be just about uh, the sort of stereotypes. It has to be something that that feels authentic, and for me at least, the trick is always to try and find something that feels authentic, but still also feels like me.
0: Right, and I think what your poetry does, uh, for those of us who are listening to it, myself, the guests, uh, our listeners, um, is that the poetry forces us to think about an issue we might have already thought about in perhaps new ways. It tests our thinking, and it takes us a little bit outside our comfort zone. And too much of what we do in the world today either tries to reaffirm what we already think, or attack us for what we're thinking. Right. Poetry, as any great art form, uh, has the opportunity to do neither of those things. It does not uh, reaffirm, and it does not uh, attack. Uh, it actually reforms.
1: Yeah. And I think also, at least for me, it's it, it's the power of coming into the conversation with, with my poem written, and and our guests with their notes, with their their evidence prepared, and seeing how the two mesh. Right, I mean, there have been times when, when, when it's it's night and day, right? And it's 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 hard to reconcile the poem with the conversation, but I think that makes it even more powerful. I right. Agree. And I think at the end of the day, it's about uh, trying to to find that emotional truth, uh, and uh, it's very interesting to see how different guests have responded to that, um, how different poems have fit in. Uh, to the experiences that we share here on the podcast. Uh, and, and I think that's been, at least for me, what's most valuable about bringing the poetry in.
0: And, and I think it fits with one of the other uh, really important elements of the podcast, which is that um, we have planned thoughtful conversations, but they're open-ended. We don't begin right. by saying we want to end with affirming this position or affirming this candidate. And the serendipitous connection between your poem and the guest statements, or the non-serendipitous non-connection changes the development of the conversation. And so every conversation is a new adventure. Everyone goes in a new direction. There's no pre-planned end, except the clock, in a sense. And that makes the conversation more real. It makes it more creative. And I think it actually opens it up to more honesty
1: rather than pre-figured performance. Certainly, I, I would definitely agree, um, and I think also that we've also, at least personally, I think that I've 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 really grown as a questioner, and I, I think, think you have too. I think yeah. you have too, as well. In that, I think we've 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 managed to to really, I think, capture the most important topics in our questions to cover a lot, while also keeping that personal element, that that per, that emotional truth, at the center of our discussion. And I think in our best moments. Uh, we've managed to cover the historical, the factual, the depressing, while still keeping that emotional truth there and, and, and still keeping And still personal. keeping the hope there,
0: the right. hope as the well. The hope, right. Because our podcast is hopeful. Uh, our podcast is uh, open-eyed about the challenges, as you said, even the depressive elements of our society. We've dealt with the ugly, uh, killings, war, um, injustice, hate, prejudice, uh, genocide. We, we've, you know, we, we've dealt with all the big difficult issues. And unfortunately there are more of them in our world now than what we expected when we started this podcast. Um, but as we've done that, we've remained hopeful, I think, because we see the energy and the creativity of the people we talk to. And because that historical perspective tells us that human beings have endured in imperfect ways, in unjust ways in unfair ways, but they have endured. And we do have the capacity to learn. We don't always learn. But we have the capacity to learn. Um, and, and I think Zachary, that might be the hopeful point we should close on. What makes you most hopeful from the podcast?
1: I think what makes me most hopeful from the podcast is 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 at least getting to see as as I've grown up um, and and as our world has has grown up, if you will, uh, getting to t- to see how my opinions change. And, and, and how I can actually listen. I think for me, the most valuable thing, the most hopeful thing is the power of this podcast medium to make myself, to make others less hostile, more willing to listen and actually hear other people and, and, and think critically. I think that uh, one of the key messages of our podcast is that we need more critical thinking. And I think at at the end of the day, maybe that's the real purpose of our podcast. It's not just to inspire hope, but it's to force people to to think critically.
0: Well, I have certainly learned, just building on your very wise and eloquent comments, Zachary, I have certainly learned um, to listen more, to listen to more people and uh, to listen more closely. The podcast has really taught me to do that. It's been an exercise in listening for me as much as questioning and speaking. And uh, I look forward to at least 200 more episodes (laughs) listening to your incredible poetry, listening to our extraordinary guests, and even more than both of those things, listening to our society at large and trying to hear how the voices of our podcast can begin, begin to push our society to some better better ends. I know it's possible. I see it in our guests. I see it in your eyes and in your poems. And I think our podcast in that sense is a bellwether of the power of ideas, the power of hope, the power of history, and the power of um listening to all of that. In a time when we're told to yell before we listen, we're saying to slow down and listen.
1: Yes. And so, so thank you to our listeners. Thank Ryan. you for listening. And
0: back to where we started with Franklin Roosevelt. We are part of the next chapter of our democracy, and that chapter is being written on this podcast and in so many other places. Thank you for joining us uh, for the first 200 episodes. We hope you have time to catch up on any you've missed and uh, we hope to have uh, at least 200 more that are at least as good as the ones you yes, listened to yes
1: and and thank you to everyone at the uh, liberal arts instructional technology uh, services at uh, ut college of liberal arts who have who've made this possible you'll you'll hear their voices at the beginning and the end of this podcast and they're they're the real heroes they they make this podcast actually work uh so so thank you and they embody all the ideals of this
0: podcast Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, not just for this week, but for this podcast adventure. Thank you for joining us for This Is Democracy.
1: This podcast is produced by the Liberal Arts ITS Development Studio and the College of Liberal Arts at the University of Texas at Austin. The music in this episode was written and recorded by Harris Codini. Stay tuned for a new episode every week. You can find This is Democracy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher.
0: See you next time.